Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Ronnie from Hella Uncomfortable Podcast. Um, today we will be talking about codependency and how we get into these relationships and we become codependent. I'm just going to share a little bit of how I've been codependent in certain relationships and what I've learned where codependency kind of stimulates from. So codependency stimulates from family, right? From you growing up seeing, um, you know, unhealthy family dynamics, unhealthy relationships and feeling invisible and not seen or not heard and you know, you know, that once you, you know, that makes you become codependent on a person, any person that shows you a little amount of love, you know, some type of attention, you just get so kind of like hooked to them and stuff like that. I know for me, when I got into my first relationship, um, my first real relationship, I was really codependent on him because he has shown me, you know, some love, you know, he was showing me things that I thought I had never seen or thought I would never, ever see. And I'm like, okay, this person really loved me. Oh my gosh, you know, he's my world and stuff like that. I was telling myself that without really telling myself that. Um, and not, I didn't know what codependency was. And I didn't know that I was that person that was codependent. I didn't know that that was that kind of relationship. I'm thinking it's just a normal relationship. But in all reality, I hadn't seen like a, a healthy relationship, not even a normal relationship, a healthy relationship, because the relationships that I seen, at least the romantic, I mean, the romantic and like friendships and like whatever family dying, it was never healthy. I didn't see a healthy, I haven't seen any healthy relationships as a child. Um, my parents' relationship, it was very violent. The only two memories that I have of them together were super violent. One of the times was me and my mom, we were walking home from school. Um, I was in elementary school and my dad was at our doorstep when we got there and he instantly just started arguing with my mother. Um, and then it led to them getting physical. He knocked all my mother's teeth out. My mom had beautiful teeth. Her teeth were like so perfect. Um, and he knocked them out. And then another time I remember it was kind of, it's kind of a blur um, because I was super little, but I do remember it. I do remember it because it was super traumatic. My parents, they were fighting and I would, the window was open and we lived on a high floor. I don't know which floor it was, but we were high up and um, I was almost out of the window. My mom looked to the left and she ran to me and she grabbed my arm and she pulled me up. Um, so it was very traumatic. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they say that the brain remembers bad things. Well, I probably have, you know, other memories of my parents that may have been good, but I don't remember them. I don't even really remember the bad, which sucks. Um, but that's what it is for me. Um, so, you know, growing up, seeing that. And then even after my mom passed away, I would see like, you know, other males in my family beat on their women um, and then turn around within that same moment and tell me, don't ever let a nigga put their hands on you. But they sitting here putting their hand on somebody else's sister, somebody else's cousin, somebody else's niece. You know, they sitting here whooping their ass. And I'm sitting here being judgmental as a, you know, teenager. Like, I never let a nigga put their hands on me. And, 
you know, blah, 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 just talking shit, being hella judgmental and not really knowing, you know, what they were going through, you know, so, man, then I got older and I was seeing some of my friends and just like some of the girls I was around getting these relationships and, you know, be fighting and, you know, they man or whatever they do, boyfriend putting their hands on them. And I'm sitting there like, bitch, you a stupid bitch. You need to leave that motherfucker. Like, I'm just being hella judgmental um, because I, I didn't have any experience. I didn't know what it was like to be in a relationship like that. I didn't know anything about codependency. Um, I didn't know any, I didn't know anything. I was just being super judgmental and, you know, speaking out of place, you know, um, it, it was coming from a place of love, you know, because I loved them. Um, but I definitely was judging them, even though I loved them. I definitely was judging them. Um, I, that may have not been my full intentions, but I, I was judging them. Um, then I got into my first real relationship and, it was, it was peachy. It was all good. Like I said, you know, I was, he was showing me the things I, I swear I had never seen. And I, mean, I don't think I actually, it's not even that I think I didn't see that as a child. I could, I cannot remember being told, oh, you're beautiful. You know, I don't even really remember like my parents really saying to me as a child, like, I love you. And like giving me hugs and shit like that. I don't, that wasn't a thing for me. I didn't really get hugs or, you know, was, I wasn't really told that I was loved. And, um, yeah, I wasn't told that I was beautiful, smart, and stuff like that. So here I am, like, in this relationship. And, you know, he's showing me all this affection. Um, and now I'm starting to feel codependent on him. I'm like, wow, this is, this is my everything. You know, I love him so much, like, what would I do without him? You know, that's the kind of feelings I was having. Like, what would I do without him? Um, you know, just really, really depended on him and really accepting bad shit. I remember the first time me and him had a fight. We was at his mom's house and me and him started arguing. He tried to put me out his mama's house. And I was so I was so fucking upset. I was so angry. I'm like, all right, this bitch ass nigga wanna play with me. Okay. So I go, um, <laughs> I go and key his car, I wrote bitch all over the car. I was so fucking upset. He come downstairs. Turns out he was trying to apologize to me, but I was so upset and he see me key in his car. So he started arguing again and then he got physical. And after we was done fighting and shit like that, um, you know, it was a mess. It was a hot ass mess. I'm leaving. I'm, I call my cousins. I'm like, I ain't fucking with this nigga no more. I'm done with him. He a bitch ass nigga. And woo woo. Ben, I call me no. Like, Ben, I call me no more. Like, I fucking done. I was going off. Like, I was really, I was really trying to co convince myself. But at the same time, I was trying, I'm thinking I'm convincing them. But in our reality, I was just trying to convince myself because I felt it deep down inside that. I loved him and I wasn't going nowhere, but I couldn't say that to myself. So I was just saying like, yeah, I was just talking shit like, yeah, I ain't done. I'm done with this bitch ass nigga. Won't, won't, you know, um, but I wasn't. <laughs> that motherfucker texted me the next day and I'm sorry, Veronica. I never do that shit again. And I was right back with him, stayed with him for 
a few years. I don't even remember how long, but I stayed with him for a few years and it just got worse. And from that, I just started drinking. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I feel like I can't live without him. So the times when we would little break, have our little fights and break up and shit, my first thing would be like, okay, let me go get drunk. Let me go get a little bottle. You know, let me go turn up. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't addressing the shit that I was going through. I'm just like, I'm just drink. I'm just drink and drink and drink and just numb the pain. Yeah. Um, but finally, you know, it took me probably like, I think I was with him for like five, four years or something. Finally, um, I, I was done. His mama actually, and I really appreciate her because, you know, sometimes when you be in relationships, the mothers and the sisters and families, they don't, I don't know if they necessarily tell motherfuckers when they wrong and shit like that. I think his mom was telling him like, hey, that girl's a good girl. Um, but I feel like his sister, and I don't know, maybe they just was playing a role. I have no fucking idea. But I feel like sometimes when you get in them kind of relationships, you know, mothers and stuff like that, that maybe they tell themselves we're not trying to get into, you know, our child's relationship. But they don't, I feel like they don't be telling them you know, like, hey, this shit ain't cool. This ain't this ain't all right. But his mom, she literally sat me down and she said, Veronica, you know, I love my son. Um, and I love you. She was like, and I feel like, you know, you deserve more. You know, I feel she's like, I feel like he really do love you, but he's not able to give you what you need. So yeah. And when she said that shit to me, I'm like, this is coming from his mama. Wow. Okay. So I was, I'm, I'm done with him. So I, we broke up, broke up. And you know, that even when we broke up, it was very toxic. He was still fucking with me, um, kept bothering me and shit like that. And, um, you know, I was in a really, I was in a really, really, really dark place. Like all throughout the whole relationship, I was in a very dark space. Like I was so confused because he kept stepping on me, kept hurting me. And, you know, breaking my heart, but I wouldn't leave. So when I finally did leave, I still was like heartbroken and like sad and lost and confused. And of course, drinking, I was just drinking my little heart away, um, which is not good. It's not a healthy coping mechanism. Um, and I didn't even know what a healthy coping mechanism is. I'm just drinking because I'm just trying to ease the pain. Um, then, you know, we have been broken up probably for like two years. I had signed up for classes at City, took this uh, intersexual violence class um, taught by this lady named Adele. The class was fucking amazing. And I got to learn about like healthy relationships and stuff like that. And I then became a person that was doing presentations on healthy relationships around City College and um City College and SFUSD in the high schools, I started doing that, which was super cool. Then I got into working at the Riley Center um, as a domestic violence counselor and as San Francisco Women Against Rape. Um, I started working as a counselor there. Super cool. But when I was working at the Riley Center, my first my first role there was doing intakes on women coming into the shelter. And so I would have to hear, listen to their stories. And it just made me realize, like, my, my situation was bad, but it's ladies out there that really, you know, and it's not even just ladies. Like, men get abused, too. Don't ever let me 
I'm not trying to take that away because men definitely get abused. It's definitely ways that you can abuse men, you know. People think like physical abuse is the only abuse and you know, even though I feel like physical abuse is just the abuse that you can really see. Mental and verbal abuse is really the stuff that kind of like is stained into you. Like it's it's stuff that you really internalize. Like mental and verbal abuse is is really it's very hard. It's yeah, that shit ain't nothing to play with because that's something that, you know, words especially when when you are in a low space and people are coming at you with all these words and they send these things to you you really start to um, suppress those things inside and that should really it, it makes you feel like this is truly who you are um well at least that's what it felt like for me you know hearing negative words because I had never heard any positive words uh towards me so I've just been hearing negative words from you know as a child to an adult so I'm like okay well this is who I am you know, so that just, I was in a really, really low space. Um, so hearing the stories from the women in the Riley Center and, you know, then women, they are, they were just so brave to leave, you know, and now, you know, after being in a relationship, a you know, abusive relationship, I got to see that it's not as easy as it looks to leave. Like when you're on the outside looking at it, it seems like, well, why you just don't leave? Why you just don't leave? But when you call depending on someone and, you know, this is just such a normal thing to you. Uh, you know, it's hard to leave. Like that shit takes time. And even when you and even when you finally get there where you're about to leave, you literally have to kind of prepare yourself. Like it's steps that you have to kind of do to get out of those relationships to actually leave. And then so once you leave, then you have to heal. I'm still on my healing journey. I'm still on my healing. And that relationship was years ago, but I'm still on my healing journey from that, you know. So, yeah, so was I moved on. Um, I stopped messing with him, did the Riley Center, did Project Survive, did San Francisco Women Against Rape. I was doing all those things, you know, just, you know, putting stuff out there. Definitely happy to do healthy relationships because I had never seen contact on healthy relationship. I had never, you know, uh heard anything about a healthy relationship seen anything uh i never seen a healthy relationship so it was it was very cool to see and learn those things um but i don't think i really truly was fully learning everything because you know a few a few later a few years later go by get into another relationship and it wasn't a, a physical abusive relationship, but it definitely was a mentally, mental and uh, verbal abusive relationship. Um, the relationship was cool for the first probably two years. It was actually really cool. Then, um, then things started to go left, man. Things started to go left, man. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, ladies. Listen to your woman's intuition. That shit is so real. Okay. It's it is such a blessing um to have that. So make sure you honor your woman intuition because that motherfucker she be telling you. She know. She know. Um and literally um so I was with this dude, was with this other dude, and um I ain't gonna see him friend, he had a baby on me. And let me tell you, we were asleep one night and I literally had a dream. 
Like I literally had a dream. The dream literally told me that he had somebody pregnant. It actually showed me who the girl was, but I didn't tell him all that. Um, and some people, they think I'm weird when I say that, but it, it literally, it really, that shit really fucking happened. And it was, it was crazy. Um, so I remember I woke him up. I woke him up and I asked him, I'm like, hey, you got somebody pregnant right now? That motherfucker looked at me dead in my eyes and said, no, you tripping. I'm like, oh, maybe I am tripping. I don't know. You, you acting crazy or something. Lay down. Man, nine months later, it was a baby. It was a motherfucking baby. Um, And that shit hurt me to the core. That shit hurt me to the core. So, boom, here I am again. You know, I'm like, okay, he ain't have the baby. Broke up with him. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. I'm done with him. But I was really, really, really in love with him. Like this, I was so deep in love with him. So, I already knew I wasn't going. I knew I wasn't going no motherfucking where. No, no ma'am. No ham. Um, I felt so stupid, though. I ain't going to sit here and cry. I felt stupid as fuck. You know, um, and I should have known because, like, right before the he had the baby, like, probably like a few, like, the last two months before he had had the baby, he was saying, like, you know, you so busy because I was doing the Riley Center and all that shit. He was like, you so busy and stuff. He like, you never have time for me. And when a motherfucker say, when a motherfucker come with that kind of excuse, that mean that motherfucker up to no good sometimes. I mean, maybe not all the time, but in my in my situation, that's what it meant. That motherfucker was up to no good. So, um, yeah. So when he first had the baby, we broke up and then, boom, his dad died. So here we go. I'm like, fuck, his dad died. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just deal with him. But like, I'm just, whatever. I'm going to just be there when I, but I ain't fucking with him like that. Man, that motherfucker abused that shit. Like, I got her. So here I am. I'm back in it. It's hella weird. I can't get over the baby, but I'm trying not to be mad at the baby because the baby is innocent. So I couldn't be mad at the baby, but I was just so upset with him, you know? And I feel like sometimes it seemed like I was upset with the baby, but I wasn't upset with the baby because the baby didn't have anything to do with anything, you know, that was on the baby, that was on his father. So, yeah, you know, I, I probably, I stayed, uh, stayed a few more years, uh, stayed a few more years, that shit, uh, yeah. And from there, I started drinking even more. I started drinking even fucking more. 2019, that was the year he had the baby. That that shit. I was going through so much shit. That was um I was drinking so fucking much. I was drinking so mother and I didn't even trip that I was my dad would be like, You just like me, you just like me, you being an alcoholic and you becoming an alcoholic. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But now that I think about it, like I would be at home by myself. And I drink a whole damn bottle by myself. And I'm not one of them. I wasn't one of them girls that like mixed drinks. Like I literally just wanted shots. So here I am drinking, you know, by myself almost every day, you know, then get with my friends. I'm like, okay, we're, let's get a bottle. Let's get a bottle. Because I just could not, I could not deal. I could not, I was in a really dark space and I just could not fucking deal. I really couldn't deal. I remember 
it was just, man, that shit was just so horrible. I was so, so codependent on him. I was just, and I just was not loving Veronica. I was not okay with who she was and stuff like that. And it's just, I just, when I think about it now, I feel like, you know, I just, because I always felt invisible as a child. As a child, I always felt fucking invisible. Like, nobody seen me. I literally used to call myself the Cinderella. I, I'm not. I'm probably going to hurt some people's feelings sharing this kind of stuff. But I was literally the fucking Cinderella in our household. Um, which was like, you know, so I feel like when I got older, you know, I'm like, well, I'm getting this attention. You know, so it is what it is. Um, and that shit definitely was not what it was. So, yeah, 2019 was a, it was a bad year for me. You know, from him having the baby on me, I was drinking hella, like, I was drinking, like, <laughs> I was drinking so fucking much. I was, listen, I <laughs> wake up in the morning, let's have a drink. Lunchtime, let's have a drink. <laughs> Snack time, let's have a drink. Dinner, let's have a drink. I was drinking. Um, drinking was what I do. Yeah, it was off the chain. Um, and I remember, uh, what was that? In twenty nineteen, the Thanksgiving, probably two days later, I had went to a friendsgiving. I was drunk as fuck that day. I was so fucking drunk, man. And he texted me, he texted me, bring your ass home, bring your ass home. You know, he texted me. I'm like, I'm hanging out, I'm hanging out. I'll be there later, you know. We arguing and shit like that. Then I'm like telling him, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home real fast. And then I'm going to come back. Really, yeah, I want to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm with my uh, friends. My friend, she wanted to go to her friend's house. So I, we, I'm riding with her. I'm like, okay. We ride out to um, Richmond, you know, we chilling with her friend, but I'm like, all right, I miss my nigga, man. I'm finna go home. So uh, I call myself an Uber. Mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm past my limit. I'm, that day I was past my fucking limit. Um, I call myself an Uber and, uh, yeah, I call myself an Uber, get in the Uber I check the license plate. I always check the license plate before I get in the car. I check the license plate, get in the car. I'm um, hey, how you doing? And we're, we're, we're talking to him and shit like that. We chatting. And then we get on the, uh, we coming from Richmond. We get on the freeway. Um, we get to like Emeryville. And you know how to go to the city, you you stay right. And if you want towards Oakland, you stand in the east where you uh, go left. Um, when we got to that part, I kind of like, before we had got to the split, I had kind of tilted my head back. He could tell I was drunk, obviously. Um, uh, I tilted my head back and I closed my eyes because I was just like, okay, yeah, we're going to be in the city. Cool. Like whatever. So I tilted my head back because I'm thinking he cool. I'm not really tripping. I'm drunk as fuck. Um, then I feel a car go left. I'm like, my body instantly like, hey, what the fuck? So I say, I'm like, hey, where are you going? You're supposed to go right. And he's like, oh, it's the GPS. It's the GPS. I'm like, so I'm not tripping. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a GPS. GPS be acting stupid sometimes, whatever. Um, But we keep driving. I'm like, hey, um, the GPS should have rerouted you by now. What's going on? He like, it's the GPS. It's the GPS. But I'm hella drunk, so I ain't tripping. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, 
we down there against the San Leandro. I'm texting, I'm texting up where I'm like, hey, I think the, you know, Uber driver trying to kidnap me. He like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Well, he went, mind you, and then he was driving fast as fuck. He driving hella fucking fast on the freeway. So now I'm freaking out. I try to um write Uber. They don't got like where you can press like something is happening. So I gotta send him a fucking email. Why? I'm in the fucking car. Why would you have to like they should have a kind that kind of button when something is like something like that is happening, but they did it. Um so then I act like I'm on the phone screaming like, yeah, this motherfucker trying to kidnap me. Cause I had asked him like, well, could you just let me out of the car? He said no. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm screaming and fucking acting the fool and telling him I'm acting like I'm on the phone and I'm screaming and shit. Like act, I'm literally losing it. He get off the freeway. He get off the freeway and then he drives me to the city. He gonna, And then he, we were literally outside of San Leandro. We had made it so far. We were literally almost to San Francisco and he literally took me to San Leandro. And I just could think like if I, you know, I was hella, hella drunk because that's why I couldn't figure out what to do because I was so drunk. But if I probably would have had two more drinks, two more shots, it would have been a wrap for me. Lord knows where I would have been. Um, so, yeah, this man. So he ended up bringing me home, um, which was very scary. It was very scary. Um, so, yeah, that shit was, uh, man, fucking drinking, literally. And I, I still didn't learn my lesson from being that drunk right then and there. I still didn't learn. I still was continuing drinking a lot, drinking heavy, being drunk as fuck. I was, you know, it was a thing for me because I had a lot of shit going on. I was, you know, in this relationship, I'm codependent, you know, I'm slightly codependent. I'm not even slightly, I'm codependent on this alcohol, you know, I'm just not addressing the things that I needed to address. I'm not addressing how I'm feeling. Um, I'm not loving. I wasn't loving who I was. I wasn't loving Veronica. I wasn't accepting, you know, her. And I I just was very flawed and um, I needed help. I needed help. And I just didn't know how to address that, you know, how, you know, I wasn't really taught how, you know, just because I was learning in that moment, like, or before that moment, I had started learning, you know, about healthy relationships and shit like that. But when you are already kind of like programmed, you know, or have programmed in your head what a relationship looks like, it's, it, it takes time to break that, to break that down, to unlearn all those things. So even now, to this day, I'm still unlearning and working through a lot of things. That's the point of this podcast. This podcast is just me sharing my experience and um, sharing my stories and, you know, acknowledging how I feel and how I felt and things that I've been through and me moving forward. So, but here now, you know, I definitely, um, I definitely understand, you know, understood, I understand that I was abusing alcohol and that I have been in a lot of codependent relationships, um, because of, you know, issues that I've had in my childhood, you know, so I'm just putting it out there. This is, you know, hell uncomfortable for me to talk about, but I feel like it needs to be talked about. So 
I'm going to be sharing my story. It's going to be raw. It's going to be honest. It's a little embarrassing. But hey, I'm a woman and I'm growing and I'm learning to fully love myself and be committed to my healing journey and, you know, and letting shit go, forgiving myself and forgiving others and, but never forgetting, um, never forgetting, you know, so just, I'll come back and share more of the stories, uh, stories to tap in for the next episode. Once again, this is your girl, Ronnie, one of the co-hosts from Hella Uncomfortable. If you're not doing so, follow Hella Uncomfortable on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Follow C. Ryan Moss Queen on Instagram. Follow Erica Crazy Crafts on Instagram, Facebook. Follow um, Hella, Hella Board on Instagram, Facebook. Follow all these Black-owned business. Thank y'all, and I hope y'all have a good rest of y'all day. Um, and if y'all have anything that y'all want to talk about, you know, any topics, feel free to... DM us or cl uh, click the email button in our Instagram to email us a topic. I'm sure we may uh -huh, we may have something that we can share on that. So, you know, hit us up. Thank y'all. Good night.